everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. This is your host, April Hanna. If you're enjoying our podcast, we invite you to uh, post a review for us. That really helps us to kind of move up in the ranks. And if you haven't already seen our documentaries, we encourage you to head over to path11productions.com and take a look at the trilogy series that we have out. And we have documented information about the afterlife, astral projection and out-of-body experiences, and also the evolution of consciousness. So we hope you guys enjoy our film. Now, our guest today is David Pond, and we are going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is the chakras. David Pond is an astrologer, author, speaker, and international workshop leader. He has published a number of books on metaphysical topics, including Chakras Beyond Beginners, Astrology and Relationships, Chakras for Beginners, and Western Seeker, Eastern Path. David has a Master's of Science degree in Experimental Metaphysics and has been practicing astrology for over 35 years. And today we're going to be talking with David about his newest book, which is Chakras Beyond Beginners. And we'd also like to let you know that unfortunately the quality of this podcast may be a little less than what you're used to hearing. We did have to record this show on a landline instead of Skype, so we apologize in advance for any low-quality audio that you might be getting through your speakers. And now we'd like to welcome David. Hi, David. Well, good morning, April. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah nice to have you here. We are going to be talking about your book, Chakras Beyond Beginners, Awakening to the Power Within. And so I'd like to kind of know a little bit more about your story and what led you to a spiritual path to want to work in the field that you do and writing books about the chakras and the pursuit of happiness and astrology and all that good stuff. Well, yes. Well, I started off in life heading off to be a school teacher is what I thought I was going to do. And, but along the way, that was back in the 60s and 70s, and along the way, I became interested in yoga and meditation and astrology. I had uh, my first experiences, and for me, it was such a, so helpful. I was pretty successful at seeing in the outer world, but boy, my inner world, I was so lost, and I just didn't have any orientation. And it's the first time I started getting involved with astrology and and the chakras back in the early 70s, it, it became such such a, a resource for me to find my own a map of my own inner world. Right, I found it doesn't matter what's going on in the outer world. It was helping me connect with my inner world and make sense of all these voices that are always different parts of my character. So as I started off with my with a school teaching career, I was probably more interested in the kids' astrology than I was their, uh, their, their actual math scores. And I think the parents were more interested in my views of their kids' astrology, too. And for me, astrology and the chakras are, are part of my own individual path. I'm so glad to share chakras with the other people because as an astrologer, that's my day job. That's what I do uh, to help people in the world. But with astrology, you need your astrology chart. You often need an astrologer to help you interpret it. It's rather complex. But our chakras, ah, there's only seven of them. They're with us each and every day. They're always here, always accessible, and we're the only authority of them. 
and it, it's just such a beautiful map. And you study the chakras quite a bit, April, of, of how, to, how to keep our own energy field open. We think of the world right now, many people are all distressed and with their situations in politics, world, and environment, and, and this is all understandable. But the chakras give us a way to return home, regardless of what's going on in the world. And they reconnect to our center, our life force. And as we all know, when we're balanced and we're in our center, life flows. It's, it's not so hard. It's not so difficult. We'll get more in the flow. And so I, over the years, started writing books. And my first book on the chakras, Chakras for Beginners, um, came out maybe 15 years ago, and it became quite quite successful. It's, got, it's been translated into maybe a dozen and a half languages and four languages, and it just keeps going. And then my wife noticed that um, all of a sudden, many other authors were coming up with the same title. When we started that, Chakras for Beginners, uh, it was the only title, only chakra book with that title. Now there's maybe a dozen of them. <laughs> and my wife had the idea, actually, to, well, no one's written Chakras Beyond Beginners, to take it to another level of how we can apply these, this, this system that everybody's familiar with. If, if you're on the path of consciousness, it doesn't matter what your religion is, what your orientation is, everybody's going to run across the chakras because they're so authentic and direct and real, right? So that's what prompted the, the, the taking it to another level to offer just deeper explorations into how to be mindful of our own energy all throughout the day. And there's no map quite like it, is there? The, the chakras for just knowing your own energy, where you're at, are you centered, what specifically, what chakra is calling for attention, and it's uh, quite a tool. Absolutely. And, you know, I never like to assume, even though I know our listenership is very well versed in a lot of the material that we put out there, I also like to think that maybe somebody is picking up this podcast for the first time and they are just getting into what chakras are in the chakra work. So can you actually define for our listeners, you know, what is the, what is the chakra exactly? And maybe go through the seven main chakras and explain them so we can go a little bit deeper in. Yeah. Certainly. The chakras are the, it, it, it relates, translates as wheel or disc, and they're not physical. They're our energetic anatomy. We all have seven main chakras that are aligned along the spine, from the tailbone to the crown. And they all, each of them, like the first chakra is going to relate to your physical body itself, survival issues, security issues, and we all have to have a place to live, or we all have to have a relationship with our body, and our first chakra is, it helps us define that. Now, I'm going to go through the seven chakras, and we're going to talk a little bit more about, well, how is it that, that they actually work, and how can we can empower them. The, the second chakra is just above the, or just below the navel. It's the color orange, if you use orange, and it relates to our, oh, our pleasures, our seeking of pleasure, our sexuality, and our ability to go with the flow of emotions. It's the water element. 
each chakra has a different element. Like the first chakra is the earth element, and the second chakra is the water element. And here it deals a lot with our magnetism, our sexuality, our ability to receive, to enjoy, to share pleasure, to receive pleasure, and to to deal with the flow of emotions. And likely for most of our listeners, this is not one of the easier areas uh, in our life of how to be into them and understand each each chakra can either they they all they re, relate to how we assimilate energy, how we receive it, how we assimilate it, and transmit energy. And the, the more that we're open, we're able to receive more energy. We're able to assimilate more energy. We're able to transmit more energy and be more vital in that area. And so the second, we talked about the first chakra being earth, the second chakra being water. The third chakra, the solar plexus, is fire element. It's the color yellow. And it's at the solar plexus, uh, just below the, below the, where the chest comes together and above the, the stomach a little bit, the belly button. And th- th- this is our fire principle, our will, our ability to say yes when we know yes and no when we mean no. To get going, to take action, to have power, to have passion, to have anger, drive, energy, how we assert ourselves. And in the body, it deals with digestive fire, uh, while we're able to work with our metabolism and, and take well, what food we eat and how it transforms into energy in the body. And then we transform that into action. That's the third chakra. In our individual lives, it's how we transform our experiences. It's the first of the upward turning chakras. Well, the first chakra and the second chakra earth and water, we pull down, we want to get into pleasure, we want to rest, we want to relax. At the fire chakra, energy starts moving up and we want to get into fire, we want to get into action and activity. Now those first three chakras are called the lower chakras, not like they're good or bad, but all of us are very aware of those parts of our our life, each and every day. It doesn't take any work to become aware of when your body needs uh, Two, your emotions, your feeling, and three, your your power. Whether you're able to assert yourself or not, whether you have drive, it, these these come with a territory. To awaken to the upper chakra, as we call it, is, is to extend ourselves beyond our body and our ego. That's what our spiritual paths are doing: is to pull up out of the grips of the ego, if you will, which the lower chakras relate to so much. As we move up into the heart chakra, the fourth chakra, this is the bridge chakra between the upper chakras, which deals the spiritual qualities of vision, intuition, spiritual wisdom, and the lower chakras, which deal with our human physical drives of being in the body. And the fourth chakra is the bridge where they connect together. And it's called anahata, and it translates as unstruck or unhurt. And this is interesting for most of us is that there's a place within us that we can learn to access that's never been hurt. You and I, we get hurt in life. We have good days and bad days. We get disappointments and we get hurt. But there's a place within us that hasn't been hurt. As we return to that heart chakra place within us and, and 
died there. That's when we start becoming aware of the three different levels of love. Crystal love, like in a romantic ties with our sweethearts. And the, the most compassionate love where we become aware of um, other people, their pain, their suffering, their concerns, their issues. We feel for other people. Whether we're skillful at that or not, that's another quality that we can work with in the Chakra book is how to be skillful. People who have compassion, we, we get pulled in, we feel for the pain of all oh, the refugees, the hunger, all this numerous things. But if we're not skilled, we, we, we just kind of add to it. We, we, we add to the suffering and learning the skills of well, being compassionate with the heart at the upper level. We can, we can touch that and at the same time pull out of that and get up into our spiritual bodies. And that's what we lead to with the upper chakras. And the, the first of the upper chakras, it deals with, it's at the throat. It's the color sky blue. Obviously, it's going to deal with communication, how you and I are communicating, how people listen. But it's also associations with truth. Do we speak our authentic truth? Are people uh, able to be uh, in touch with that authentic truth? When people awaken to the fifth chakra, uh, their intuition sharpens quite a bit as well. It's our expression, but it's not just like talking. It's also, um, well, when you awaken to the fifth chakra, you become aware of words that are either helpful or harmful or useless. And when people are stuck at the fifth chakra, maybe they just blather on and keep going, blah, 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 blah. But people are really awakened. They don't necessarily talk more because there's a lot of listening. And you start learning to listen to other people, not just with their words, but energetically. So you get the context, they get up into the upper chakras of what a person is saying. You can feel the larger reality. And we, we get an easier interpretation of that adds to our intuition. The sixth chakra, everybody who gets into metaphysics and spirituality gets enchanted with the third eye. That's the realm of vision, imagery at the forehead where the, uh, the eye becomes single. And at the sixth chakra, this is uh, the subtle plane of where inner vision resides. At the highest level, it, we can connect with our own ability to be aware, to be, to be the observer, to uh, not just be in the world, but to be aware. Like when we meditate, we, we awaken to that place within us that we know we're not our body. We know we're not our thoughts. We can watch our thoughts. We can watch them move by. The place within us is watching. If I'm something that's in me is watching my thoughts, and I'm not my thoughts. I'm not just a mind. Well, this brings us to that place of awareness. It, it can start seeing. Now, with this is also the realm of dreams, psychic vision, ability to read vibes, and whether the person is skillful or not at that level, a lot of it deals with learning about meditation and paying attention to finding one's way in the inner world rather than the outer world. And in the crown chakra, that's the peak, there's uh, the color violet, or some people will use clear white. And it's our connection to source. It's beyond the ego. It's our, what a person believes in is the divine or God or goddess or spiritual energy or universal 
it's our connection to that source, that prana of the universe flows through the universe, flows through each of us, down through our chakras, and when we pull it back up and we express it back up, and the crown chakra is our connection to source. And when we have awakened to that crown chakra, mostly in meditation, it takes meditation to awaken to it, you, you realize uh, what's called self-realization, that we ask, who am I? Who's the, what's the source of these thoughts? What's the source? And that realization that the higher self is that connection, that's the crown chakra and empowers a person's faith and their healing energy quite a bit. So that's a brief view, and April's that we can see that the, the chakras are used in many ways. That they relate to the physical body, that they're not physical, but each of them relate to the body. And they relate to a map of our own spiritual awakening. All of us who are on the, the path, like your show, the path to what? What's to our own awakening? And the chakras are the most direct highway or clear path within of knowing where you're at with that. Yes, thank you. That was a great overview. I really appreciate it. Now, I'm curious to know what the inspiration was for you to write the second book and to go even deeper, as your book says, Chakras Beyond Beginners. You know, what was the inspiration behind that, and how did this book go a little bit deeper into the chakra system? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well... Uh, many of us along the path, we could call it, have become interested in this, this term awakening, uh, the oneness, awakening, awakening to our core, higher self. And this is what had been uh, fascinating me, and then to, to realize that this map of the chakras, it, is, it's, it's, it's so accessible for each of us. After we've gone through this, what we could call the awakening, which here the chakras give us that map, then throughout the day, it also gives you an instant energy read of where you're at with your chakras, which chakras calling, where the glitches are, and how to stay, how to stay open. Now, as we get into the upper chakras, the distinction between the upper chakras, many people are, you know, they, they will think about the upper chakras and just kind of lump them into the spiritual, that those are spiritual qualities. But we can actually, you know, distinguish them uh, quite a bit. And people who are interested in you know, development of their own, oh, like healing skills or intuitive skills or um, ability to help other people, the chakras help us awaken centers within our being that are there, but they're dormant unless we pay attention to them. And and this uh, this it's so uh, available, but if we don't. Uh, tune to them if we don't work with our upper chakras they just kind of lie dormant now for many people um their their sick chakra we say well if we all have all these chakras how come people aren't aware of them well they are aware of them but in different ways like the sick chakra for many people is just escapism let's go to the movies let's uh, go out and drink let's smoke it let's let's escape let's get out of this pressure let's and it's just escapism. For many people, it's fear. And not everybody knows that 
the power of faith and vision is the same. It's the flip side of fear. Fear and faith are flip sides of the same coin, the ability to vision, to imagine. Whether we're imagining healthy things or unhealthy things, you know, that's going to be measured within our own inner psyche. But as, uh, what motivated me, April, is, is compassion. And basically, I look out in the world and I see people are so, uh, so troubled, you know, to having such difficult times, maybe with the politics or maybe with the economy, maybe this or that. And we, we keep trying to get everything right out there in the world. If I sort of get this right, that right, the other thing right. But we have this resource that we can learn within how to get everything right within ourselves. Then the world starts falling into place, coalescing into place. Our life starts working. Our relationships start working. We become more sensitive, better listeners with other people. Uh, intimacy is something that we all crave beyond physical. We crave a deepest type of knowing you know, of another person where we're able to drop all armor and they drop all armor. We explore that mystery of what that is. And uh, again, the chakras, and I think my book particularly is helpful for people to how to regain intimacy with people who are in all long-term relationships, how to regain that intimacy that we that we create because we start knowing the other person so well, it, that kind of blocks intimacy. And the chakras give us a tool for reconnecting with the freshness, the vitalness of the moment. So my next question might be a bit of a trick question, but do you have one specific chakra that you feel is the most important? Valuable question, April. I think it's a relevant question, and I think each of us uh, probably have like a, what we could call your uh, your home chakra. You know, like some people, it is the first chakra. They you know, they, they identify at their body and they get down to the gym and they feel better as soon as they. Or just pour in that physical energy. Some people, it is their second chakra. And it is their, whether it be their search for pleasure or whether it be their urge for creative expression to, to express one's beauty in the world through some kind of creative expression. Some people, it's that willpower. It's achievement. It's the solar plexus. Every day, their, their whole identity is about achieving and accomplishing and where they're at connected to the ladder of success and how they're doing with their neighbors and their family. And other people, it is the heart chakra. They, their, their heart connections uh, is their home court. And and if that's off, their whole compass is off. And for some people, it is the upper chakras where expression of the fifth chakra, discovery and research and investigation and intuition and invention. You know, many people, that's their home court chakra. Many people, it's the crown, it's the third chakra, the third eye, excuse me, the sixth chakra, where it, where it is about their, their vision, their faith, and perhaps they practice mindful meditation, and they're anchored in that mindful awareness all day long. Other people, it is the crown chakras, I suppose, they let go and let God might be a way of describing that, and they just want to be guided by that. And for me, if you asked what's the most important, I, w I would say the heart chakra, because it's the bridge, and it's really, in a sense, a composite uh, of, if, of all the others. It's, it's a blending. When you read a person's energy field, you're first going to read the heart chakra. It, 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 
whether it's, it's uh, going to be the expression. It's also, um, we think of the mind as, you know, key in our identity of who we are. But the heart actually drives the bus a lot more than most of us realize. Yes, there's a two-way street of information. There's energy that comes from, information that comes from the brain to the heart. But there's way more that comes from the heart to the brain. And to link the two together, the heart chakra, is uh, really the power. When we think of somebody who, uh, we say, oh, that person has good luck, or that person has good karma, or that person is, um, usually they're living from their heart chakra. It is by far the strongest generator of electromagnetic energy in the body, by far. As we learn more and more from quantum physics and new physics, life coalesces around energy. And your strongest vehicle for expressing energy is your heart chakra. So there's my answer, April. Okay, great. Now, what about you? What chakra do you reside in? What chakra do you reside in? Well, yeah, I I would agree with you. I think part of it's the heart. I think that that's one of the most important. It's I think they're all really important. It's kind of hard. Like if you choose one, then you can find a reason why you should, you know, kind of also focus and give attention to the other one. But ultimately, I mean, we're really here to love, right? So to love, to be loved, and and connect. And I think that's kind of what the heart chakra does for us all. Absolutely. Now I'm gonna get in a shot. People want to, can I jump in here? Yeah, go for it. Um, you know, when, like conditions in the world, um, some people are quite excited about the new directions, other people are quite distressed. I'm sure you've seen that about conditions in the world. And, you know, the, for me, um, to feel all the pain, the worry, the anxiety that's in the world, you end up closing off your heart. And to close off your heart is, is too much of an experience. And to get back into loving kindness types of meditations, people practice loving kindness meditations where you, you send loving kindness to yourself, you generate, and then you send uh, feelings of loving kindness and acceptance and well wishes to a loved one and then um, a family person and out into the world. This type of opening of the heart through just a like a loving kindness type of meditation and practice is so helpful in these days. Don't you think when we, the world seems so disjointed and you kind of want to close off your heart? I mean, many of our listeners probably feel that. Like, ah, it hurts too much. I want to close off my heart. But then we live with a closed heart and our energy feels not open. I was just curious to know if, if you were to say, what chakra maybe the world as a collective is working on right now, what chakra would that be? Well, um, uh, at the global level, does the world have chakras? Does humanity have chakras? Or do I think that the world is at a particular chakra? 
and I would agree with the teachings that say that we're at the third chakra, striving to move towards the fourth chakra. Shows uh, shows like yours, our work, uh, shows people's interest in pulling up out of this, of the competitiveness, the war, the the harshness of living life in a competitive way, as if other people are against your best interest and. Obviously, that's gone on on our planet for a long time. I think we're past near hunter and gatherer. That would be the first chakra. And I don't think that the world is uh, particularly in a place of just seeking pleasure. I think it's the third chakra. It's this power of the right use of power. Can we use power in a way that benefits self and others? That's where we're at as a world. But the, the lower chakras in our individual lives uh, and then collectively they they demand attention it means the stress and the things to worry about currently and ah right right so yeah. I see us moving into the fourth chakra but not not there I mean I think if if uh, not there yet what to do yeah you have an interesting uh, audio and I would encourage our listeners to take a look at it on your website but you go into a little bit more with astrology and politics. And as we're kind of coming upon, you know, a new president-elect and your podcast is going to come out right around Inauguration Day, um, I was just wondering, because I know in, in that one lecture that you were giving, you were able to kind of look amongst the stars and the astrology and kind of see and have a little more information about what is going on in the world. So I'm just wondering if you'd like to speak to at all where we're shifting with this new um, president. And again, not getting too much into the politics or debating or any opinions of what is right or wrong, but I'm just wondering if there's any sense that you can make of it, where we are within the chakra system, as you're saying we're in the third, and also where... Yeah, very good headed. question. Yeah. Astrologically. And yeah, I like your question. Thank you. And it wouldn't matter who was president, they're still going to deal with the same astrology, right? It didn't, so what's coming is uh, this administration. We're moving into uh, extremely powerful periods in astrological history. And it's going to begin. Uh, we're already in a disruptive era. We can see that where the, you know, not much seems to be working. We need to, uh, everything seems to be stretched. But here, by the end of 2017, here in front of us, Saturn will move into Capricorn. That's the strongest sign that it rules. And it's the same sign as Pluto. You have the two heavyweight planets both in the same sign. And here, this is going to be a period that leaders will have to power that they control whether it's for good or ill, whether they use that wisely, ethically or not. That doesn't that doesn't that's not said. But what is said is that the leader is going to have a lot of power. And then it continues and by two thousand and twenty uh, and then shortly after that we move into the fable the Aquarian age. Saturn and Jupiter are together later in twenty twenty going to come together at zero degrees of Aquarius. And this will initiate a 200-year social-cultural renaissance. We haven't seen anything like this since about the 1400s. And that was a period that we pulled up out of the Dark Ages and 
moved into a social cultural renaissance. The arts and uh, social advancements. But here, this is what I, I, I see the shift. I think right now we're going to see that we're moving into a period that um, it's going to be very powerful in terms of world shaping issues. Like the last time we had Pluto and Saturn together, 1914. Obviously, I don't want to predict that that's what's going to go on now because that was the start of World War One. But World War One redefined the world's map. Austria, European map, particularly, it was redefined, we mapped. 1947, we had this again with Saturn Pluto. And there were two big changes uh, that, again, global map issues. One, Pakistan split from India. And this huge, um, 400,000 lives were lost, including Gandhi's, is that split between that. And then the other thing that happened in 47 was the formation of the and the recognition of that. And, and this, these are still two intense um, political hotspots, right, on the world. Now, as you move into this period that we're moving into, the world leaders are, are there's going to be an assimilation coming together, new, new alliances of power. I think the global map's going to get changed a bit over the next several years. Yes. Very, very interesting. Thanks for giving us a little taste of that. And um, we're actually coming to a close here on our time, but we really appreciate you coming on and speaking about your new book and giving our listeners a more detailed and in-depth description of the importance of the chakras and ways in which people can begin to heal their lives and really working with these wonderful energy centers, as you said, we carry with us every single day of our lives. So can you let our listeners know where they can find your information and your books if they would like to purchase it? Oh, well, thank you. Yes, my website is davidpalm.com, and I can be reached for work and consultations through there. My email is david at davidpalm.com. My books are available on the website. I recommend people ask at the local bookstores, support our local bookstores. And, you know, of course, all the major media things like uh, Amazon are available there, too, as well. Um, but, um, yes, you can find me. I'm pretty accessible. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and being a guest on the Path 11 podcast. And we hope everybody enjoyed the show today. Thanks, David. Thank you, April. Bye-bye. If you'd like more information about our films or to purchase our DVDs, you can head on over to our website at thepathseries.com. They're also available to purchase on amazon.com. Our films are also streaming online at vimeo.com, guyamtv.com, and iTunes. If you have a show suggestion or would like us to interview someone specifically, please feel free to shoot us an email at info at or send us a tweet at the past series. Please rate and review us in iTunes and subscribe. We hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs>